Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We're coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana, my favorite mountain range. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In the Nature Journal, we focus on the critters and quirks of nature found on the campus, the wide surrounding Flathead Basin, and all across Montana. Our producer is Colin Burkhardt, an employee here at FECC Library, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. So today, going to be our Thanksgiving special. And on our Thanksgiving special, we're going to talk about Montana's magnificent wild turkeys. Now, tradition-wise, turkeys are known for their role in Thanksgiving dinners across the U.S., of course. And there's that fun tradition of a turkey pardoned by the U.S. president prior to Thanksgiving. If you've ever seen that, that's fun. But turkeys are native to the Americas. And their class, just go through their classification a little bit. They're in the class aves, or birds, and the order galliformes, which are the upland game birds. And then pheasianidae is the family. Genus and species is Malagris galapavo. And it's said that Benjamin Franklin preferred the turkey over the bald eagle as our national bird. Have you heard that, Colin? I have heard that story before, but I don't know how true it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking the uh, listeners to do the research on their own, but from what I can research, it may be a myth. Franklin praised the turkey, but he, what he was talking about on the seal of the United States was that he was criticizing the way the eagle was arranged, not the fact that the eagle was there. <laughs> so we'll have to check and see on that and see what you think, but that could be a myth. So turkeys, like a lot of other wildlife, declined across the United States, but they're now well distributed across the country in nearly every state. The male is called what, Colin? You're putting me on the spot here. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Well, there's a number of different names for it, but mainly it's called a tom or a gobbler. Oh. Females called a hen, and juveniles are poults. But there's a couple fun names mm-hmm. for sort of the teenage male and female turkey. The juvenile males are called jakes, and the juvenile females are called, any guess? Jenny's. Ah. So that's really a cute name for them, Jake's and Jenny's. And those of you that have turkeys on your property, you've probably seen those two teenage turkeys around represented mm-hmm. in the flock. So a flock of turkeys, this is even tougher, Colin. What, what do you think a flock of turkeys to be, could be called? Probably something like a, a crop. I think. Very good, yeah. <laughs> a crop of turkeys, a dole of turkeys, a gang of turkeys, a posse of turkeys. I was not expecting posse. <laughs> <laughs> and a rafter of turkeys. And my question is, why don't you just call them a flock? Because oh, yeah. that's what they're all the named. Flock would have been the first one. Yeah, they're just all euphemisms for flock. So turkeys are pretty fast, actually. Uh, how fast do you think they can run per hour? I, I'm, I would say something 20 miles per That's hour? really close, about 18 miles an hour. Like the fastest humans run in the 20s. And mm-hmm. so a turkey could probably be outrun by the fastest world-class human sprinters, but they're still pretty fast. Now, they would leave the sprinters behind, though, on flight. They fly 50 miles an hour. And you'll see them up roosting in trees. If you have turkeys on your land, you'll see the you see them up there and roosting. I always used to think turkeys were flightless. No, no, they're a big bird that can fly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're one of the biggest birds around that flies, and so it's pretty amazing. And this is really going to be even more surprising. They can swim. <laughs> really? Yeah. If they're if they're somehow end up in the water, they can kind of lay their wings back and they can actually swim. So they're a lot more, I guess, dexterous than you might think just looking at them. They look kind of ponderous, you know. So I got to ask, John, what is the difference between a turkey, a pheasant, and a grouse? Because I know that those are all similarly related. And I think you said the family was pheasidae, so maybe perhaps the same family, but I don't know beyond that. They're in the same family, pheasionidae, and they they have that 
which we're going to get into in a minute about the crop and the gizzard. They have mm. all that. Uh, they share that. And they have spurs on their claws. There's, there's a number of things that make them similar. And if you look at them, they are fairly, you know, they all have something in common. Right. So there's six subspecies of turkeys, the eastern, the Merriams, the Osceola, the Goulds, the Rio Grande, and the South Mexican, but they're all in the Americas. And the eastern and the Merriams are the ones in Montana. Merriams east of the divide, and then our, our ones around here are the eastern turkeys. Funny the way that works. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> the eastern so, ones are in the west. Yeah. So they, as I mentioned, they once dropped to low numbers in the U.S. from overharvest because they're a very desirable bird. And they're now estimated, though, at six or seven million turkeys in the United States, wow. which is a, a lot of turkeys. Now, I'm going to give you a quiz here to see if you can figure this out. An adult turkey has how many feathers? Uh, I'm going to say a few hundred, so probably 300-ish. Five to 6,000 feathers. Wow. <laughs> and I know when I got a wild turkey one time, it takes a lot of time to pluck a turkey because they have so many feathers, five or 6,000 of them. And they're very large. The male is about 48 inches long, can weigh 16 pounds on the average. The female, 34 inches and 9 pounds. What do you think the record adult wild turkey male has been so far? In pounds? Yes. I'm going to have to say 25. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah supposedly 37.1 pounds. Ooh, okay. That's kind of hard to believe. 30, but, but I wasn't uh, entirely sure if I yeah, could go that high. Yeah, I mean, that's, imagine a bird that big flying. Oh, yeah. I doubt if that 37-pounder could fly. <laughs> Maybe, but I doubt it. So they have these browns and brown feathers. Uh, they have a naked head and kind of purplish. The male has a prominent red neck wattle, which is sort of a folds of skin that are red. And they have a beard, which looks like a sort of a fluff of feathers sticking out from their chest. <laughs> the female's very drab, but they can have a beard also. Uh, they're, but they're usually pretty easy to tell apart. Plus, the males are usually prominently displaying in the, in the spring. So they eat insects, grain, mast, berries, seeds, grasses, and the crop holds the first food. So you mentioned pheasants and grouse. Mm -hmm. uh, last time I cleaned a, a, a blue grouse that we got up in the, in the mountains, the crop was what holds the food, and it's just right under the skin on the pheasant and the, and the mm -hmm. grouse and the and turkey. And you'll find, you know, the, the berries, the pine needles, uh, fir needles, the insects, everything that first goes into that crop. So they, so they can sort of grind up the things and make it easier to eat, right? Yeah, the crop holds it, and then it, it puts it into the gizzard, which is a muscular organ that's rough inside. Mm -hmm. And the rough internal surface and the gravel that they eat grind up the food items into small enough pieces that can be digested. And, you know, I always wondered about this. So you see grouse along a road. Why do you do that? Well, they're picking up gravel. Probably the same yeah. with the turkey. How do they know to do that? <laughs> well, I guess How would they, they know? Gravel is a particularly sharp little stone, so you just sort of they right. just find something that works. But isn't it amazing that they somehow sense in their instinct <laughs> that they have to do that? How you know? Think of a turkey. A lot of people say, "Oh, a turkey's tiny little brain, they're really dumb." <laughs> they obviously know what they have to do. They're more intelligent than they look. Yeah, and it just I think it just kind of shows also that, that animals are really driven by their instincts. They they they're just driven and, and they know what to do. Right. So, right. so anyway, that rough internal surface and the gravel grind the food into small enough pieces that can be digested. And in Montana, as I said, we have the eastern subspecies in northwest Montana, Merriam's east of the divide. They were both introduced in the 1950s, and I even found the word illegal introduction on, in the flathead. Which, you, you think know, so? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a doctor or something. I'm not going to bring it up <laughs> or name the person, but they, they introduced it, and then they've taken off. And they're in planes, and they're in... Libby, and they've kind of really spread around. They, that started with an introduction into the Flathead Valley. So we have a spring and we have a fall hunting season. And spring is for gobblers. Hunters can use calls. You know, that sounds just like a, you know, like a, a turkey goblin. And then people even use decoys. 
How do you think they use decoys? Oh, gosh. I guess they would use that to get the turkey into the right area, but I don't know how that differs from a call. They just put it up so that it can be seen by the turkeys, and maybe the turkeys aren't that bright because they, oh, they will come in they into put that like decoy. A, a fake female or male turkey yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. They, I see. Well, in our area, turkeys are mostly found on private land, so you need permission to hunt. And, you know, a lot of people have them, like, right around their house. And so we're going to bring Carrie in here, who basically runs this library, right, Carrie? <laughs> Carrie has all these great wildlife stories because she lives in a, an area, a rural area out of Kalispell, and she has all kinds of species in there. And you've got this great story about turkeys on your land, on private land. So let's hear it. Well, there's a flock of turkeys that live at our house. And one year we were fostering a cat named Marley for some friends. They were in, a, in an apartment house while their house was being built. And so we had Marley during that time and he was jonesing to go outside in the worst way. So we opened the door and let him outside. And where he went out, it's a terrace. So it was up higher than the driveway. And there happened to be a turkey walking past. Of course, Marley jumped off the terrace, <laughs> landed on the turkey and had a wild ride. Oh the turkey survived, but it, it was quite an adventure for Marley. How long did the cat hang on to the turkey? Um, it was just like maybe 30 seconds or something. <laughs> they are fast. I've seen them take off. They... Yeah. Well, you probably see them roosting trees out there mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks a lot, Carrie. <laughs> we really appreciate it. I mean, you should be the host of this. That was a great, great story. <laughs> so anyway, Thanksgiving is coming up. And traditions include the colonists and Native Americans sharing the first Thanksgiving in the 1600s. You can read and mm -hmm. interpret that on your own however you want to. They hunted quote, fowl for their feast. And so we don't know if these were turkeys. It some, is assumed. They probably were, but some suggest that they were heath hens. Now, heath hens were native eastern prairie grouse that was very common in the east, and they were really heavily used by, for food by, this, by the colonists mm -hmm. and others. And they're now, unfortunately, extinct. They became how, extinct. How, when did they become extinct, Act? Oh, I, can't, you're, I covered that in my class, and I can't even remember right now, <laughs> but it was, it was in maybe the 1800s or mm -hmm. so they were extinct. And um, they were known as a really great food item, but they were much smaller than turkeys. So we don't know for sure if that's uh, which fowl they're talking about, but we think some wild turkeys. So Thanksgiving is a great holiday in America known for family gatherings. And mm -hmm. following the proclamation by George Washington in 1789, and then in 1863, during the middle of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national day of Thanksgiving as the last Thursday in November. Why do you think he did that, Colin? If I had to guess, he was probably trying to bring the country together after the Civil War. He wanted everyone to be able to unite over something. Right, and that's exactly right. In 1863, there had been already been a lot of horrible battles, and he was trying to heal mm -hmm. the country for that. And that's what we'll be celebrating uh, this Thanksgiving, obviously, and this oh, month yeah. in Montana. Some will cook a wild turkey for the feast, which is a little marginal. I don't know if you've ever gotten turkey, but the one wild turkey I got that I got along with my son... We cooked it in one of those plastic roasting bags, like to try to keep it moist, and it was still dry. They, they're known as being very dry. They have a low-fat content compared to a, a, a commercial turkey. Yeah, you know, I think they must add something to those commercial turkeys, because I don't know. Well, they they feed them and uh, with a very high you know, calorie food, and, and then they, they oh, yeah. get big. We've, ne we've tried to get wild ones in the past, but my, my family, has never, we never quite could catch them. They were always, <laughs> we've, we've had uh, bad luck on all the years we've tried. Yeah, and you know, there's, there's seasons in spring and fall that you can try them, but some people do like the wild ones, and some of them get them smoked uh, mm. at Lower Valley Meats or whatever, and then that at, seems to be, give them more, uh, more moisture. And turkey, of course, is a very low-fat food, very high-protein. I don't know if you're going to have turkey this 
Thanksgiving, but I'm sure hoping to. And it's estimated in one survey that 88% of all Americans eat some turkey on Thanksgiving Day. That surprised me because you see all these people eating mm. prime rib and ham and stuff now. But So that kind of surprised me. So this magnificent bird is the star of November. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for this episode of the Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next week.